we got takeout from a place called uh, the Big Texan. Have you ever been to the Big Texan? Uh, I, I have not. Is it a chain that I'm supposed to have gone to? It's not a chain, but it's okay. one of those places where it's like, eat our 72-ounce ribeye and you get it free. I should say I've never been to Amarillo, so I will not have been to the Big Texan. This, like, if it's ever on your way to something mm-hmm. and we're out of COVID, this place was hilarious. Like, I went to go pick everything up um because the point was we were going to go there and have steaks that was our plan mm-hmm. and then we we're like well we'll get something else to go we didn't get steaks i got like chicken fried chicken and she got uh like a loaded baked potato and something else but uh you go in and there's like a full shooting gallery and like a giant uh gift shop and it's they've built this old west looking town that's actually a motel and there's like a ranch in the back that you can do uh, horseback riding and you go in and first of all, everybody who was on their staff was wearing masks. So mm-hmm. shout out to the big Texan. Um, shout out. Yeah. But when I, if you go in and it's like, it looks like a giant saloon with all like, you know, stuffed heads on the wall mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, I'm looking up and there's six, digital clock readouts that all say 60 and i go i'm sorry can you tell me what those are she's like oh those are our countdowns for the steak challenge so the steak challenge is you have to eat like a 72 ounce steak a loaded baked potato a side salad a shrimp cocktail and you have to do it all in an hour and then you get it free which i'm like no way i'm trying to do the math right now of how many pounds a 60 or 72 ounce steak is that's like uh, uh, like four and a half four and a half pounds I four think. and a half i don't know um well two huge. pounds is 32 ounces so four pounds would be 64 ounces and if it's 72 it's like a little there bit you go. yeah four and a half wow though, i'm impressed with that math i did very quickly very very quickly <laughs> i'll send you if you want the picture because they have like a display of like this is all of you have to eat yeah. and like i put my hand up next to the steak for size it's like two and a half just you know like top down mm-hmm. of my hand for the steak. I'm not talking about like thickness. It was like that thick. It was huge. Oh. But there were six of these readouts. And I said, there's no way you guys have like ever had six people doing this at the same time. They're like, oh yeah, we do it all the time. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. If you're interested in what that looks like, they have a YouTube channel where you can watch. They put people at tables. And you can watch them attempt the challenge. Wow. Well, you know, that is everything is bigger in Texas, y'all, and in- that is just, including the and, possibly colon cancer you're going to get from this from eating like I this. Mean, that is if your arteries don't yeah, you know, exactly. kill you first. Um, did y'all is is Amarillo where Cadillac Ranch is? Yes, we went to Cadillac Ranch, okay. and we were kind of like, this is weird. Oh, or is it? Uh, or is it Stoke Stone? No, it's not Stonehenge, but it's like. But Cadillac it's a, yeah, it's a bunch of it's yeah. a bunch of cars sticking out of the ground. But they, you can buy spray paint there, and they let you spray paint them. So they've got, like, mm-hmm. however many years of spray paint built up. And then you're, like, going through somebody's sorghum field, and, like, people are just spray painting the ground. It was it was weird. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, the centerpiece is the Cadillac Ranch, and there's other weird sculptures out there. And 
No, it's just kind of like, hey, we buried some trash. You want to come out and spray paint it? We're like, I mean, that's very okay. Stonehenge-esque because you know, there's nothing else around Stonehenge and it's just oh, suddenly all these stones. I thought so. you were saying like, they let you spray paint Stonehenge. And I was like, you know, I don't know if that's true. It's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. <laughs> I told you about when we came from D.C. to Austin, we went to Foamhenge. Oh, yes. The foam recreation of Stonehenge in Virginia where they give you a possible explanation of how they moved the stones, which is a like wax figure of Merlin flying on a rock being like, wow, like, and it's like some believe. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the, so I do, uh, I love audio tours and the first ever, like you go to a museum and they're like, would you like to pay $7 for the audio tour? And I'm like, yes, I would. Mm. Um, I feel like I get so much more out of them and nine times out of 10, they will have a like in and out and under an hour tour where it's like just the highlights. And I'm like, yeah. yes, please. Anyway, the first ever audio tour I did was at Stonehenge where they gave us all Walkmen and oh, you got wow. to pick what, uh, if you like, you want to hear about how Stonehenge, you know, uh, came to be. And it was like, do you want to hear this historian, this historian, or do you want to hear what the local folk tales are? And I was like, yes. folk tales! Yes. <laughs> um, but I, just, I don't know, I really appreciated that aspect where they were like, yeah, we can tell you lots of the different historical theories about this and everything, but also just for grins, let's uh, let's just hear what the locals say. So, Do you know who Rick Steves, like, uh, the, oh. the travel? Do uh, I know Rick Steves? Okay, just double checking. <laughs> he so, has a lot of my money. <laughs> right. He also does a lot of free... Like you can get Walking his app tours. and they do audio tours. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did a lot of stuff in in Italy with that because you'd go in places and be like, "Do you?" I almost I don't know why I was gonna do like, "Do you want to?" I don't know anyway. Um, but uh, they they do like you know they're more expensive or there's places that just don't have them and like you have to mm-hmm. like read like get a thing and like do homework before you go there. And Rick Steves does an excellent job of doing that. When we were in Pompeii. There was like I said something to Tara, and then we heard the people behind us say the exact same thing. And I turn around, and I go Rick Steves, like, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> like we were on the same audio tour. I um, I have, so I know friends that have done his either his walking tours, like in his guidebooks, or his audio tours. I haven't done those, but I some people are like mm, guidebooks. I don't do that, and I'm like, okay, like to each their own. I think guidebooks are good for like a lot of things. So mm-hmm. One thing I think Rick Steves is good at is like maximizing your time. Like yes. we went to the, when I, my parents and I went to Paris, we went to the like French military museum and Rick Steves is like, skip the world war one section. It's like mannequins from a department store dressed up in costumes. And that's it. He was like, literally just walk right through it and go straight to this other section. So I was like, come on, we're skipping world war one. So he, uh, I don't know why, but Tara and I are convinced for some reason he has a big grudge against Michelangelo because every one we listened to, he kept talking about how ugly Michelangelo was. And we're like, oh, he's very ugly. And here, and finally, there's like a, a some other artist makes a bust of Michelangelo in, um, oh, I forgot the name of it, the big uh, museum in, in, in Florence. The Uffizi? Yes. And we saw it. And like, look, he's like, I expected him to be like Quasimodo. And he was just like, like a slightly balding dude like that was it and i was like what is rick steve's deal against michelangelo he's like a notoriously ugly man i'm like what are you talking about um that sounds like an opinion that like frazier or niles would have yes yes michelangelo beautiful art ugly man um one one last thing about rick steve's because i i highly if, if if since you are a fan i highly suggest you just follow them on um 
Facebook because he's very political in a fun way. He's very political. He's way – like we watch some videos with him and we joke that he always walks into a scene with like one hand in his pocket and he's like, the thing about, about Rome is – and he comes in and he always does the same thing with like a, a sweater like jauntily thrown over his shoulders. Yes. And but he like he is a huge advocate for um, legalizing marijuana. Yes. Huge. Yes. And he was like he's doing all this stuff on Afghanistan right now. He apparently just he I don't know if he just released a book or he's pushing it again called um, travel. I think it's travel as a political act. Mm. And just kind of he's very, very like pro getting out there and experiencing other cultures as a way to empathize with, you know, other people and do that sort of thing. But the pictures he posts of him in like the seventies going to Afghanistan and him is like a hippie, uh, college student. He's got like long hair and a mustache. It's amazing. Love it. One thing I love about Rick Steves is how every, he has, seems to have so many friends in every single city. He'll be Mm -hmm. like for this part of this. I, when my, my, my parents and I went to Europe in 2014, we, I'd listened to like, 12 hours of his podcast about the different cities we were going to and felt so much more comfortable. But I was like, you have a friend that does everything in every single city. It's like the TV show Pawn Stars, how the host of the yeah. show was always like, I got a buddy who specializes in vintage Coke machines. So I'm going to have him come down here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a buddy or, uh, who specializes in ventriloquism dummies. I'm going to have him come down here. There's Storage Wars. That's the other one that does a similar Oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. I have never really watched that. But no, I mean, oh. you don't have to, you don't have to convince me on Rick Steves. Honestly, yeah. whenever I'm like, somewhere where I, where there's cable like if I'm at my parents or something and I'm scrolling through and PBS has some sort of like Rick Steve special I'm like well, let's just see what Rick's up to he so. he does something we almost did one of these and I forgot why we didn't but he does like free you just have to like sign up for it like mm-hmm. he was doing this during the pandemic where it's like um he did like a tasting of 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 Italian wines and he sent like the list out to you and like if you can't find these around you here's some suggestions and like did things like that or a bunch of zoom calls where he would do like cute yeah i forgot why we didn't do one i think i think the reason why we got close to it tara went this is gonna really bum me out that i can't travel anywhere (laughs) i think we we canceled out on it i'm just looking to see if i still have rick steve's london here i think i have it somewhere um i used to keep guidebooks and then they would also kind of depress me that i wasn't going back to those places right yeah um but his phrase book, and then we'll get off the topic of Rick Steves. Um, he is not a sponsor, but perhaps he should be. Mm. Uh, he had, he has a phrase book um, that's it's French and German and maybe Italian, all all like a little pocket phrase yeah. book to take with you and everything. And in his guidebooks, he also has advice on just like good phrases you should know. And I swear that is how I charmed the French when I was in Paris. <laughs> Made an effort. And was saying the appropriate things, not just asking them if they spoke English. And then they would tr- kind of respond to me in French and then just switch to English to be like, like, that was so thoughtful. We, went, we, will. <laughs> we went into a, like a meat and cheese shop in Bologna and every like hadn't had any problems with English um, anywhere. Like we'd always found someone hadn't really used it, but I had a Rick Steves guidebook. And yeah, sure enough, I go, uh, you know, hey, do you speak English? And he was like, no. And I went, aha. And I pulled out the book. And the book had, was divided into sections. And one was like how to order food. And his isn't just like at a restaurant. It was like X slices of this yeah. and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, at a market and, and stuff. Yeah. It was great. That was also where we got yelled at because we just picked up food. And you're not supposed to touch food in like the market. 
but it was like a fruit stand. So we were like, oh, and like looking at it because that's what we thought you did. And then the guy was like yelling at me and I was trying to explain like, I'm, I'm not stealing it. I'm going to buy this. And he was like, no, mm-hmm. like, like you're supposed to go like, I want this. I want that. And they get it for you. So interesting. Little, well, little I'm heads up didn't tell you that in one of his guidebooks. It seems like something he would have mentioned. I think we had the Lonely Planet guidebook and we were just going off his YouTube channel. Mm. But I think the next time we travel anywhere, it's definitely going to be a Rick Steves vacation. Might even go on one of his little tours he does. Well, there you go. Um, This is turning into like 100% a Rick Steves advertisement. I know. I know. Well, this is also going to, I mean, so here's my thing about Lonely Planet. I use that for Greece and I will never forgive Lonely Planet for acting like this 10 mile hike through the deepest gorge in Europe was easy perhaps i should have realized 10 miles does not equal easy but they were like a delightful you know (laughs) hikers of all ages and all physical um fitness and everything and like oh there's cooling springs along the way and like (laughs) one of the members there were three of us one of us wasn't me like said i'm I'm gonna go lie on that rock and i'm going to and just leave me here to die and she was like not kidding (laughs) yeah so I will never trust Lonely Planet's like, you know, level of ease again. Anyway, let's let's get into it because I want to tell you real quick my first uh, note from either of these episodes is well, hello Roz, and I have a lot to talk about that first scene. Um, so hello Seattle, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel, and we're the Craniacs. We get together and advertise uh, Steve, uh, Rick Steves. Please check out his website, ricksteves.com. I don't know if that's it. I'm just assuming. Probably. But we is. also talk about we also talk about Frasier. Uh, Laurel has been has been a longtime fan of Frasier. Has seen most of the episodes. This is my first run through. We are currently on season eight, episode seven, uh, which is the new friend. Roz introduces. Oh, sorry. This goes on, so I have to click something. Roz introduces Frasier to her new boyfriend, Luke, and the two men hit it off. When Roz and Luke break up, Frasier hides his continuing friendship with him while supporting Roz during her heartbreak. Um, so yeah, so the first scene is they're at a thing. They're at a uh, Frasier is waiting for Niles to show up mm-hmm. at a dinner, and he's late. And Roz walks in with Gary Cole, who Gary I love. Gary Cole, I like shrieked when I saw that it was him. <laughs> Did you um, remember him, or did you forgotten, or do you just like Gary Cole? Or I like oh, I like Gary Cole. So he's he's in the the West Wing. Um, he plays uh, the VP Vice President Bob Russell, Bob Bingo Russell, who takes the place of Tim Matheson's. Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember Tim Matheson's name right now, but the right. VP who when Tim Matheson has to resign. Um, and why does Hoynes, he have to resign? John Hoynes. There we go. What? Why did he have to resign? He had to resign because he was having an affair and he ended up leaking some classified information to the woman. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway. But he was also like trying to run for president on his own. Like, yeah, during- they, it, it, yeah, it was that he'd like, he was starting to make appearances and do some polling in primary states because the understanding had been when he dropped out to become Bartlett's VP candidate that Bartlett was only going to serve for one term because of right, his right, MS. Right, right, right. And then when it became kind of obvious that Bartlett was already gearing up for his reelection, Hoynes was like, hey, we had a deal. Like, I was going to drop out, throw all my support behind you, and you were, you were only going to run. You're only going to do one term. Anyway. Uh, I this also is not from, a West Wing podcast. It is not a West Wing podcast either, but just transitioning to another political show. Gary Cole's also in Veep and is very yes, good in Veep. Yes, he's very good in Veep. 
I mean, uh, he he's Lundberg in Office Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, he's the he's the boss, right? Who's like, I'm gonna need you to come yeah, in yeah, yeah. tomorrow. He's like really a chameleon because he does a bunch of voice work. I know he's on Bob Burgers and stuff like that. Oh, okay. He's done like superhero, like because he's he sounds he can still he still has a really good like. Like, his voice has never aged, so I still mm-hmm. think he plays a lot of young, like, like kind of, like, square-jawed good guys. So they they put him in a bunch of DC Comics stuff. Like, oh, I know, okay. voice acting for that. Because he sounds kind of like a, you know, not Batman, but like a two-fisted vigilante yeah. Avenger, like, type thing. Where he's just running around beating up bad guys and stuff. I know he's done a few of those. I'm, I'm not done talking about his other TV roles. He had a recurring role on The Good Wife, playing Christine Bransky, Dr. Nora's um, uh, partner, and then mm-hmm. husband. And then they may have gotten divorced, they may not. So he's been on The Good Fight as well. Um, he's really good in that. Also, he was in the Brady Bunch movie. This is yeah, one of those... The Brady Bunch movie is, like, criminally underrated. Like, it's oh. one of those ones, whenever I think about it, it's so weird and funny. It's so weird that they made a parody of the Brady Bunch without, like, it being a parody. It was straight up the Brady Bunch. It wasn't like, Galaxy Quest is a parody of Star Trek. It's like, the Brady Bunch movie is just a parody of the Brady Bunch. Right, but didn't they didn't they shift it? Well, they shifted it to where it's the Brady Bunch, but set in present times, right? Yes, so they, but they yeah. but you wouldn't know that when you start watching it because it's like they opened the door to the '90s or whatever. Yes, yes. It was such um, a weird take. He was uh, in Dodgeball. Him and Jason Bateman. I mean, he's in eight million things. Yes, like, I mean he, to the point that it doesn't surprise me when he pops up in anything. But I did not recall him being. I don't really recall this episode. I didn't recall him being in this episode. Um, and so when when I I was like, oh okay, who's the guy walking in behind Razo? I was literally like, Gary Cole. Also, yeah. looked so young. Some of the youngest I've seen him look because really the first time I really noticed him was The West Wing, which was a little bit after this. So. He he looks really good. Like I said, the only reason he's not my first note, like, hey, hey it's Gary Cole, is because the outfit Roz is wearing is Roz very exciting. Looked fantastic. Dare I yes. say, like, smoking. I feel like I can say that as a heterosexual Didn't, woman. I can appreciate another woman looking great. Yes. Didn't she say, tell him, he thinks I'm 37 and was in a White Snake video? He, like, he thinks I'm 31 and was in a White oh, Snake video. And I Sorry, was like, yeah, does, does that mean you were in a White Snake video when you were like five? <laughs> I mean, I'm a little fuzzy yeah. as to when White Snake would have really been late, at Late, late 80s. Oh, okay. So she could, so basically she would have been born she in the 70s. Yeah, 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 okay. That would have worked. I was thinking more like. 1982 was white but snake. i'll tell you what that uh that that outfit that 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 plunging neckline did a lot <laughs> would made me believe that she was definitely in a white snake video i i just again i i think they've done such a good job of the way they dress bras like she mm-hmm. is still still like an attractive woman and still a woman who like is in touch with her you know sexuality and everything but she's not dressing like a 20 year old as opposed to how poorly they're dressing Daphne in these two episodes. I, I wrote something I have, I, this is, this is kind of, this might be a little bit more for the next episode, but I do have like a prediction. Oh, okay. Okay. I think um, they're going to send Daphne a fat camp. Like, cause they keep talking about how she's eating. And if they do that to her, I'm going to be very upset. Okay. Do you, do you want me to confirm or deny, or do you want to just wait? I think we're close to it, so go ahead and okay. don't. 
you know, okay. like we'll, we'll wait. But like, that's, that's what it feels like his last few episodes. She's like, Ooh, you got me this food. And then these two episodes, I think she's doing, st- she keeps talking about food and mm-hmm. like, I'm going to start putting on weight. And I'm like, if this ends up with like the way they get rid of her, she goes to fat camp for a while. I'm going to be very, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> like that's okay. very rough. Um, so, okay. We, Frazier sees Roz and Luke at having dinner and the people at the restaurant are getting antsy because Niles hasn't shown up. So Frazier joins them at their table. Uh, Roz has to leave because Alice gets a bead stuck up her nose and Frazier and Luke really hit it off. And we learn that Frazier rode crew at Harvard. I don't know why that didn't, that didn't seem too out of place for me. Uh, I thought like maybe he was like alternate, or maybe he was, what is it, the coxman, the one who's like, stroke, yeah, the, stroke. Exactly. But to be the coxman, I think you have to be a pretty small person because you can't take up a lot of space or weight. Fair. Um, but I was, I don't know. So I think of the, um, I think of in the social network, the Winklevoss twins who rode crew at Harvard and who are like just right. very built. Because I think you do have to be pretty like muscular and everything to, when you rode crew. So I don't know. I was just kind of like, that seems like a pretty athletic sport for fraser crane to be playing I, right yeah that's a good point i mean maybe it's more of a kelsey Grammer thing i think maybe i think i would believe kelsey Grammer used to row crew because i maybe. think fraser has i think kelsey Grammer has a bit of a body that he like he that kind i think he's got kind of some broad shoulders i feel yes. like he's got like upper like x upper musculature that's kind of like oh i would believe that college yeah. age Kelsey Grammer road crew. Yeah, I would. Believe so that's that. probably what I was thinking. But you make a good point. I don't see him doing doing crew. I see him. What What do you think he? What team do you think he would be on? And like like tennis, maybe. I think. I, I, I was gonna say tennis, but I feel like that requires a little too much hand eye coordination. <laughs> yeah, I think he played um, tennis. I don't know that he was on the Harvard tennis team because no. Harvard, I think, also has like fairly prestigious like sports like that. It's not like you know, the MIT uh, crew team, I don't think is known. MIT is not necessarily known for its athletics. Yeah. I feel like Harvard has a lot of those country club adjacent sports that they're Mm -hmm. really good at. Like tennis, crew, fencing. Lacrosse, maybe. Yeah, probably lacrosse. Yes. Yeah. Um, This might be, we might be wrong, but like, I I feel, yeah. Listeners, you, you tell us if you know anything about the Harvard athletics program. I mean, I know the Harvard Yale football game is really a big deal every year, but it's like one smart school playing another smart school not necessarily due to their athletic prowess so um they they hit it off and become really good friends because uh luke has dropped out of harvard and decided to sail around the world and has these interesting stories wants to write a book like is kind of like fraser encourages him like fraser finds him very interesting they get along really mm-hmm. well you see later in the episode so they become fast friends Roz, does Roz come over later and talk about how she broke up with him, or how does how, where where are they yes, when he, when he yes. finds out? Yeah, um, it's uh, oh, because she drinks like the twenty five year whiskey, and then like yes. throws it down the drain, and he's like, <gasps> yes, um, yeah, and Fraser says, usually I'm the cool friend, <laughs> yeah, um, and that's when he's kind of like basking in the fact that Lucas is friend, and then Roz comes over and is like, you know he's a slime bag or slime ball or something. And I saw him with another woman at a cafe. And can can we also talk for a second about when he starts talking to his dad about it? And he's, his dad has gone fishing and has just brought the fish whole home for Daphne to clean, not just cook clean. 
Um, I wrote down, why is Daphne cleaning the fish? Yeah. Like, that, that is a bridge too far like, for her Like, heads job. are on. Like, she's yes. probably descaling them, cutting their heads off, like, filleting them before, yeah. like, no. Pulling out the their backbones and stuff. Like, no. Like, when Niles and, is like, is that an eye? I was like, <laughs> And those fish are way too big for me to believe that, like, like, they don't own a boat. Like, they have, if Martin owned a boat, I feel like we'd hear about it. Like, that's, that is a charter fishing like he, he like went away for the fish. weekend. It was didn't he go away for the weekend? Something, to... but like you're really getting screwed over if you're getting a charter fishing and it doesn't include cleaning the fish. I I mean I, I maybe he has a friend who has a boat. So, maybe that might um, be it. Duke Duke has a boat. Maybe. Uh, although didn't Duke move to Florida? Maybe uh, maybe maybe he, maybe he went to Florida. I just remember um, Duke that he called him and wished him Merry Christmas. I thought that was very sweet. Oh yeah. In the next episode. <laughs> Um, that brings us to <clears throat> kind of the C B plot C plot, which is that uh, Niles watched Eddie while Martin went fishing. Oh right! And it, Niles just dropped Eddie off at a kennel, which sounded lovely, honestly. Yeah. Bark Avenue. It sounded very like I might like to stay there. And Can Martin was horrified. I was like, Martin, in what universe would Niles watch your dog? Yeah. At his home. I mean, some sometimes I feel like. As the series, I think like Martin started off really good in the beginning of the series, and now he's kind of selectively like forgetting who his children are sometimes. <laughs> um, can we get an update from you? Do you know anything about the the uh, Eddie situation? Like, we're this is Moose's like son at this point, right? Who's doing a lot of the the stuff? Yeah, I think unless it's just a close up, like Eddie is just lying somewhere and like they have to clo- do a close up on him. It's Enzo, his son, doing most right. of the. Because I, I thought of that because he like jumped into Martin's seat and I was like, okay, that can't be Moose at this point. And also the coloring on uh, Eddie is a little different. Like they thought mm-hmm. they could slip it past us and they can't. I noticed the difference. So <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you have a Jack Russell. You just notice these things. But um, yeah, it, it, it's probably Enzo doing a lot of the, a lot of the. Stunt, we think we will. think Moose is still alive at this point. Oh, I think Moose is alive for the entirety of the series. Okay. Um, I mean, I think he was very old by the time the show ended, but yeah, I don't. I think he was alive for the entirety of the series. Okay. Just double checking. Um, yeah. Um. But I, I will say, I feel like as a fellow dog owner who also you know is very involved with your dog, when <laughs> Martin's asking like, "Oh, did he eat? Did he eat well? Oh, how how did he sleep?" And then he goes, "Was he regular?" <laughs> Yeah, and I was just like, okay. Um, I was like, I a hundred percent ask people how Leo's poop was if they watched yeah, him. There was a there's a video I saw that was like things you don't talk about until you're a dog parent, and it's like this couple and they're like they have a, a corgi and one guy goes like, how was his poop? And the other guy's like, oh, it's good. And they start like discussing like color and seeming like like uh consistency i'm trying to think of like mm-hmm. good words to say yeah. consistency and all those things that Vol- i was like that's volume. ridiculous yes how yes. much um all that sort of stuff uh we got a note <laughs> while we were gone that said it was like keep put your dog inside i'm sick of hearing them bark put your dogs inside i'm sick of hearing them bark and i found turds on my lawn from karen smith and oh, I no. like, and I put something on the Facebook page. I, Cause like Tara was like, don't be mean. I'm like, here's my point. I want 
whoever because we were gone for two weeks i'm like this isn't us like you're mm-hmm. there's another house and y'all took lady with you yes so okay. i'm like this is not you're you've got the wrong house um also we don't have multiple dogs and lady rarely barks um we don't let her out at night anyway this isn't us so i put something on the facebook page it was like hello we just got this message from uh, a karen smith uh and i Wait. didn't say what it was this message sent to y'all or was it just on the neighborhood Facebook page? It was a handwritten note in our mailbox. What? That was like, put your dogs in. I can hear them barking or not. And I, and I found turds in our lawn. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was just a general post on the Facebook page. No, no, no. It was, (gasps) it was directed towards us. So I was like, that's why I was like, I want this person to know because like, they seem a little unhinged and it's not us, so they've got the wrong person. Like, I don't want to be like, who you're thinking of is three... You know, I don't want to direct them to the right person. Yeah. But I do want them to leave us alone. So I put on the Facebook page as nicely as I could. I was like, someone wrote us a note. Um, uh, We got a note from Karen Smith, because, like, I legit wasn't thinking. And I was like, that, the, you know, I don't know who Karen Smith is, but maybe someone on the Facebook page does. Uh, I wasn't thinking that was, like, a pseudonym. <laughs> and I put Karen... We got a note from Karen Smith. Karen... We've been out of town the last two weeks. Also, our dog, you know, same thing I told you. Mm-hmm. I didn't write the part about, like, and there's turds in my lawn. I just was very calm and very nice and, like, you've got the wrong house. Sorry about that. Um, if anybody knows Karen, please let her know this is the wrong house. Being like, get this psycho mm-hmm. off my back. But as nicely as possible. And everyone's like, Karen, blah, 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 blah. I bet she's asking for your manager right now. You know, like, doing all that stuff. But I was like... You know, what I wanted to write was, like, yo, bitch, this, you got the wrong house, <laughs> like, you know, but, like, I was trying to be, like, I'm going to come off on the good side of this, I'm going to say, you got the wrong house, you know, I'm so sorry, you know, kill him with kindness, it's my, yeah. you know, that old trick, um, but, yeah, we were, kind of like, I have we haven't gotten anything again, but I was, like, my second thing was, she, she was, like, so the way she put, she told the story about the turds, like, if Lady pooped in your yard, you would know Lady pooped in your yard. The way she she mentioned the turd, she made it sound like I found these little turds in the front yard, and I'm and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like if you're like, keep your horse out of my yard, then I'd be like, yes, maybe that's my dog. But anyway, I just couldn't believe like that was the note well, and, we got. That was so. so... I'm also thinking because I I know y'all street and like you don't have a ton of neighbors. It's not like you have back alley neighbors or something. I know know every neighbor connected to us. There is a house like two or three houses down that is a bunch of younger people renting and they've got dogs and that dog is like loud and barks. I don't hear it at night. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never seen it's just like they opened the door once to do something and the dog came bolting out at Lady uh, while Tara was walking her. And, like, it's a German Shepherd, so Tara just got... <laughs> Tara's like, I was so rude. Like, Tara always goes, like, I'm so rude. And then she's not rude. She, first of all, it's a dog. You can't be rude to a dog. You can be mm-hmm. mean to a dog. I don't know if you can be like, ugh, that collar. Mm, uh, oh. <laughs> like, I, I like that you try and wear collars like that. You know, <laughs> like, you can't be rude to a dog. You can just be like, boo. She goes, go away. She's already yelling, just, like, go away at the dog. Like, because she's like trying to not have a dog get into a fight with lady and then like they came out were super apologetic i think that's who they're talking about like they have two dogs and it barks i guess I I'm, I'm just trying to think more of what house this neighbor lives in where they think your dog is the problem it's not it's not the people across like we have 
talking relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I told the person, hey, we're going to be out for two weeks if you see anything. I texted them, the people next to us. I'm terrible at remembering his name, but like I see them all the time and I wave mm-hmm. and their their daughter, I forgot the daughter's name, but the daughter is like, like their their English is not their first language, but their daughter I, I, is, is extremely like, you know, she's six or something. So or she's probably older than that, seven or eight, but she knows English perfectly. So like we're walking uh, like in the yard and she's like, hello. And just is like, what is your name? What's your dog's name? Blah, blah, blah. Like she's. Very precocious. Yeah, you, you like, like we you know all these people. It sounds like you have enough of a relationship to where if there was a problem yeah. with ladies' behavior, they would just mention it to you and not write a note. Or they'd write a note and be like, hey, it's so-and-so from across yeah. the street. Just so you know, like, like there's some people, some of them have our phone number, so they just mm-hmm. text us. But, like, I don't know. I don't and know also, who this person is. And also, you've lived there for a long time with the same dog who has not changed her behavior. This sounds like it's a new thing, I, or this yeah, person like has I just said, moved, just Karen has just moved in. Well. Let's, let's kind of okay, get let's through get this, back to the episode. this episode. I, I, re- I like this one, but we get to a point where, where Fraser's very, um, you know, protective of Roz, and he goes and he's, he like throws something onto the boat. Like, I think it was like his manuscript or something. Mm-hmm. And, and. Luke is like, what did what'd you do that for? He's like, well, we can't... He's basically like, we can't be friends anymore. Roz is my very good friend, and you treated her poorly. Mm-hmm. You you cheated on her, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, Frasier, that's really, like, the bigger man. And then Frasier starts being like, well, maybe our friendship can exist outside of this. And at first, I was like, what a jerk. Until we learn that Roz gets back together. And I don't mean, like, that excuses what Frasier did, mm-hmm. but it makes it more comedic in my mind that they're yes. both doing this, like... Like the whole bit where Niles is listening to their conversations in Cafe Nervosa where they keep canceling with Luke and then rescheduling mm-hmm. with Luke yes. because the other one is canceling. I thought that was super funny. Like Niles' perspective was really funny. I like when he like walks away and he's like, Niles, I'm free tonight. And he's like, no, you're not. And he just like walks away. That to me felt like Frasier were getting back to its early days when it felt very much like a play. Yes. I felt like that's something you could definitely see happening on stage. But I think normally they do it with Frasier and Niles. And I liked Roz being part of the madcapness, mm-hmm. which is something she's not always like. A, that's usually like Niles' role and Roz is kind of this outside influence. Yeah. And I, I liked I, her and Frasier having a little adventure this episode about it. And one thing that, I mean, now that we're eight years into this, I like that they still kept Frasier and Roz's relationship like humming along that there was never mm-hmm. like, they've never tried to phase Roz out. They've never been like Frazier and Roz kind of drift, drift apart or something. They have like interesting storylines for Roz, interesting ways that Frazier can be involved in them. Um, yes. And vice versa, like ways that Roz can be involved in Frazier storyline. So I yeah. just, I feel like that's not always a natural relationship for a TV show of just, Oh, they're coworkers and friends, but the show isn't all about his job. And yet we're still going to make them very like a part of each other's lives. Well, like, they phased Bulldog out, and I feel exactly. like they could have done a similar thing with Roz, and she's yes. been versatile enough to, like, be these kind of different things. You know, like, giving her a kid and giving her this whole new thing of, like, single mom, but still very Roz. Mm-hmm. And then making her part of this 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 particular episode's uh, uh, plot. Because I think it results in... I thought this was... Like, I don't know. I just thought this was very funny. I don't know how to explain why I think this joke is funny, but when they're, like... <laughs> she comes down to hook up with Luke an hour before she hangs out with Frasier. And first she hears Luke with another woman on deck and she goes to open 
into the, the closet and Frazier's standing right there because we as the audience have eight years of Frazier to know that indeed he came here first to see Luke and now they're so discovering. Here's they're my question. Did you know Frazier was going to be in that closet? I, I, I don't remember. I mean, I don't remember, but I just the way he stood there, like, yes. like not at all hiding, just like, hello, Ross. Just like, I, he's so, like get in here. <laughs> so the only thing I remembered about this episode was that they end up pulling the, yes. the cord on the inflatable raft. That's the joke I think is, I don't know why. I always think it's funny. It's like Tommy Boy where he puts on the thing and he accidentally inflates it or like I like the idea of being in a small room with like an inflatable thing I I don't know why I laughed really hard by myself watching that as like they come tumbling out with a a raft and that's the end of the episode like it's we don't like get like them telling off Luke or anything and I love it like Luke doesn't have to be any more episodes he's gone we understand what happened but then come flying out and and Luke and Frazier being like you've got a lot of explaining to do or whatever I also, I appreciated touching on the fact that Frasier was like, I need to have more friends. I yes. Niles is my default. Niles is now spending more time with Daphne. Just like when you have a good friend who starts dating somebody in general, you're like, right. oh, I've got to like broaden my horizons. And it is hard to make friends as an adult. Yes. So I'm in a Facebook group that's like, oh my gosh, that's like the longest name ever that's like, Women 30 plus in Austin looking for fun hangouts and true genuine friendships or something like that. But anyway, like almost every post in there, like introductory post is like a woman being like, I've lived here for four years and I don't like I don't really have any friends here. And I don't know, like making friends as an adult is so hard and everything. And Tara talks about that a little bit because, I mean, especially for her, she doesn't have coworkers her age. Like all her coworkers mm-hmm. are her age, but they all work separately and they meet like every few months or they meet, yeah. you know, they just basically like that. Everybody she interacts with for the most part is <laughs> like in the twilight of their life. So she's not like making a lot of friends her age. Like she was, we talked about that, you know, we've got good friends now, but when we first moved to Austin. She was like, I don't know anybody. I'm like, oh, well. You know, I got friends from work. She's like, yeah, you work with people your age, for God's mm-hmm. sake. Well, so. and also, like, I, I get the whole, like, being friends with people from work and stuff. I, I, maybe, like, my department isn't big enough, but it's like, uh, at some point, like, I manage some people, and it gets into, like, just, uh, you don't want to be, like, the boss hanging out with Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you mean, it gets sticky if, like, y- y- yeah. Trust me, I, I've had incidents of that where I'm like, oh, I can't be friends with this person because we, <laughs> we're we going to have a hard time working together. And Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, I mean, my first job in Dallas, um, I, I already had lots of friends because was, I was straight out of college. Right, so right, 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 yeah. I just, but uh, so many people had moved to Dallas, like, from where, whatever small town they went to college in or something, and to, like, start the job. And, like, so many friendships and married couples came out of that job of, like, people who were just, like, biffles and stuff. And it became problematic at times. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, do we want to? Oh, I I have another Laurel one-liner, just because I sympathize with this. When uh, Martin says something like, uh, or talking about how Fraser's friends with a guy who like lives on a boat, and Martin says, "You need a Dramamine patch just to get in the bathtub." Yeah. (laughs) As somebody who also gets a little seasick at times and motion sick, I'm very familiar with um, Dramamine Naturals. I I bumped on nobody handles handle like they handle handle (laughs) yeah that was a good one i also have i don't remember the i wrote daphne looks very pregnant this episode like she's 
We're getting close. Um, but yeah, I, she she is one of those women who doesn't just gain weight in her stomach. She just it's like somebody put a, like attached an air pump to her and just inflated all of Daphne a little bit. Yeah. Um. It, I mean, it's it's it also depends on the pregnancy. I feel like my sister's first pregnancy wasn't like that. And her second pregnancy. It, it, it was like she just especially near the end it was gaining weight everywhere i'm sure she loves me telling about this on the air but the, but she's very lovely she she's 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 a wonderful woman um i wrote what a merry time of misrule that would be i don't remember the context of that but i remember laughing at it Ooh. do you remember that one at Ooh. all and i watched I these like three hours ago but i don't remember that i remember it was something in, in that one but all right oh all right. what's it it, it it was something where like Daphne was going to do something. Oh, she said you're the the psychiatrist and I'm giving you advice. Like, and she's like, maybe you could start doing laundry. He's like, yes. What a merry time of misrule that would be, or something oh, like that. Okay, yes, I remember that exchange. I don't remember that line. Um, mm. I also just had a question. What is what is Glenn Farkless the the liquor that Roz was drinking? Is that Scotch? It's got to be Scotch. Is Glenn something? Isn't oh, yeah, it? Yeah, like, let me just see. If it's an actual scotch or if it's it like is, something it they made scotch. up. It is. Um, oh, would you like to guess how much a uh, bottle, a 700, so a handle, I guess, basically, or maybe half a handle, I don't know, um, of a 25-year bottle of Glen Farkless is? Over $100. Oh, yeah, definitely over $100. How much? 194 at Total Wine. Woo! Yeah. And, and, and by uh, comparison, the 12-year is only forty five dollars. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. That is why Fraser was, you know, so despondent. I don't know, honestly, if I've ever had scotch. I I have. It's very smoky. I'm more of a rye whiskey or Irish whiskey person myself. Mm, okay. But you want to rate this one? Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed this one. I think I'm gonna give it. You know, life's too short to give lower ratings than you want. I'm gonna give it eight. Um, inflatable rafts. I'm going to give it, I was going to say seven, but now I kind of want to give it eight because I did laugh the whole time. I thought it was a good episode. It was a good, it was good, like, jumping episode. It was a good yeah, doctor's office say, episode. I, I feel like I, I'm, you know, taking your mantle of this is a good episode to just hand somebody and be like, just yeah. enjoy. I'm going to stick with seven, but I'm going to say seven fish heads. Okay. Um, the next one we have coming up is uh, Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y. I don't know why emphasis on the R. The anyway, um, and this one was exciting because we get the, the return of Doctor Mary. But Fraser butters butters up the local morning TV host to let him co-host the Seattle Christmas parade with her. But when she comes down with food poisoning from his cooking, perhaps he learns that Doctor Mary will be his new partner. I that was not editorializing. That was the inflection was mine, but that was in. Oh, that was in the, there. Okay. Yes, from his cooking, perhaps from the hobo stew or whatever it was. Um, so you said Dr. Mary comes back and that's exciting. Did you enjoy this episode? I really did. Really? I like it. This is a, this is kind of a a rare time when I, maybe I'm just like in a mood, but I was not. I, I think it was, it was, it was a Christmas episode. It was dealing with mm -hmm, a Christmas parade, which I feel like I don't see in a lot of Christmas shows. mm Mm-hmm. And and Frasier wanting to host a Christmas parade is a very Frasier-y thing to me. See, I felt like it seemed so out of character for Frasier. Oh, really? I feel like him wanting to do banter and being that specific thing would be him. 
the only thing that kind of sold it is just when he talked about having such fond childhood memories of it. And I was like, okay, this is a nostalgia thing. And like, sure. But I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like this episode really just Frasier looked bad in almost every, every aspect of it. Huh. It didn't bother me that much. I, I liked it. I thought it was a good Christmas episode. I liked that Dr. Mary, they kind of toned down the, uh, they made her just more like super cheery and less like, for for lack of a better term, like a white person's version of a black person. Yeah, or like so stereotypical. Yeah, she wasn't as stereotypical. She was just like super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, when was the last time we saw her? Last season. I was trying to remember. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was last season. Uh, we had a return of um. Caller, callers did you know who those callers were um i didn't and you know i actually i forgot to look at the end so. uh the first one was uh wolfgang puck oh wow and the second one was stephen king which made me very excited because i'm a big stephen king guy oh yeah but it was just funny because it was like we're gonna go to the news in a second uh but first one more caller he's like i don't want to be a he's like i'll call back call, talk to me after the news i thought that was a good point and then he's like, all right, well, this next caller, what, for 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a good bit. Yeah, that, that was funny. I, I, I bumped on that, that we were starting an episode in the station with callers. Yes. I, I was shocked that I was excited that they brought, I mean, I wasn't excited when they brought Dr. Mary back, but by the end, I was like, I'm glad she's back. I don't know if this is her last episode, but I like that she's back with a station. I liked her uh, interaction with Kenny. Where he was like, I thought you doctors took an oath. You were killing us in the rains or whatever. Yeah, that, that was a good that was a good dad joke. Um, I, I did like also Roz's loyalty after that when she like yelled at Kenny and she's like, were you crazy? Like she's like, you know, on Fraser's side and all that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I, maybe because the last Dr. Mary episode rubbed me the wrong way in mm-hmm. so many ways that when I, I was already a little bit on like tenterhooks when this episode started. Um, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't, well, okay, actually, I do, I do have a, I have a question for you. What's that? The B plot is that Niles and Daphne and Martin end up opening all of their Christmas presents while Frasier is at the parade. Are you going to uh, ask me if I'm a Christmas Eve or Christmas Day person? No, I'm going to ask, oh, I didn't realize you. <laughs> this, um, I, I had this conversation with some girlfriends earlier this month. Um, one of my friends was like, she was talking about the fact that her husband's family, everybody opens a present individually like like everybody stops like everybody watches ryan open a present and then everyone would watch tara open her present it it goes in a circle and she was like i like the big christmas morning where it's like chaos and just everyone's ripping presents open and you're like oh my gosh thank you for this and i was like that's what my family does is every person opens their present everybody watch i mean there's three of us it's not like you know yeah yeah, 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 yeah. what does your family do like when you were growing up so I have always been in charge of passing out presents. Same. I try to establish something with my nephews that didn't go through that made me very upset. I was like, everyone, we're going to this year, we're going to wrap all of, when they were, when my first nephew was very young, I go, we're going to wrap all of grandpa's presents in blue, mom's presents in red. Everyone's going to be color coordinated, and that's how we're going to teach them how to pass out presents, and this will be the new thing. Because I thought it was like, the youngest always passes out presents, and since I'm like the youngest cousin and everything, I was just always me. No, it was just me. Like, they're like, no, you still pass them out. I'm like, oh, God, I know. So what I do is I make sure everybody has one, and sometimes I'll just go, this is yours, and they'll have a pile. 
but we do everybody has one and then everybody kind of opens one at the same time and then we all like look at it and kind of like or we go oh thank you like it's not super like everybody stop and look i mean they overlap a little i think there's a little bit of like that but it's it's all like we make sure everybody has theirs or we make sure everybody has one to open and then we all open and then maybe we'll go get some more or something like that if that and makes it, sense. We are even with our extended family, except for one year when we all opened ours at once and we never did it again. I guess everybody really didn't like it. Um, we, It's always been, even when there's been like 10 of us, it is one by one. And I don't know. I, I like it. It's, you get yeah, to like, no, I think we're very close to that. Yeah. And, and you get, can you know, say people, like, thank you. Or like, yes. you get this. Cause part of, I think, you know not to be like the spirit of christmas but like part of it is like <laughs> i give you something and i get to see how you react to it like yes. and you know there's a thing of like i give you something that sucks you know <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like I, I like that like i'm not just about getting them and thanking people i like to see what people got from me and that they like it um yeah. uh, there's a there's a, a very uh, quote-unquote famous video within my family of a christmas my sister is 10 years older than me so when i was you know a kid she was you know a teenager and so there's like a there's a christmas where i'm like i'll open something and then i'm like i want to play with it but then like i'm too young to be passing out presents yet Mm -hmm. like i'm at this point so and kim will go great and like grab my present and like take it away from me and put it somewhere like here open another one because she also wants to open hers like that's kind Mm -hmm. of it is that everybody has a present to open before we open that one right like Mm -hmm. so it's not like just like i dig through all of mine you know it's we're all gonna open one but we all do it fairly like that so she is like open hears me like cool great throw it behind her shoulder and then i'm like well i want to play with this ghostbusters playset and she's like no no time yeah, no like yeah we're all opening another one <laughs> so like my mom always loves that she's like she wouldn't let him hope like play with any of his presents that's, that's funny yeah um Luckily I, now, I mean, for the longest time, like my cousins would come over, would be there for Christmas, um, and like they would help me pass out like all the gifts to everybody when there were like ten of us. But usually now I'm the only grandkid there, and so other people help me pass out presents too. So. Can I tell you, it's I love, I love Christmas, um, and I think it's fun doing this podcast where <laughs> I know really it's a hot take, um, but I love doing this uh podcast where we get to have. A little bit of Christmas feelings in, you know, the middle of the end of August and stuff sure. like that. I think it's fun. I, lo- I, mean, I love these reason, Christmas episodes. There's a reason that the Hallmark Channel airs all of their Christmas movies in July and calls it Christmas in July because everybody just wants to, I, wants a little bit of Christmas. I saw a meme today that was a the picture. It was like a grid of like, it was like five by five of covers of like Hallmark Christmas movies and it's all... A white woman in a, in a sweater with like a dude in a sweater with may, maybe a either holding an animal or having on a Santa hat. You know, it's they all yes. look the same. And it's like these are this is what people who don't watch the Marvel movies think they look like. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, Hallmark has come under fire in like the past few years for a lack of diversity um, and lack of progressive storylines, and so mm. they've made some moves. There have been more. You know, same-sex couples. There have been fewer widowed, um, you know, w- widowed moms, widowed dads, and more just divorces and yeah, um, more, m- more, you know, racial diversity and stuff, and some, you know, 
biracial couples and stuff. So anyway, you know, Hallmark, a few years behind the times, but doing better. They've Um, done a few of them on how did this get made? And I suggest listening to those because I love their opinion. They do oh, one I, have like, listened. I have listened to The Nutcracker that came to life. Did you listen I to that one? I that one. I think I listened to Holiday in Handcuffs. Oh, I don't know if I've heard that It sounds like one. it's porn, but it's not. Starring Mario Lopez and Melissa Joan Hart. Yes, the, 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 the Nutcracker one is another Melissa Joan Hart. And oh, they keep talking okay. about how all of these movies are like, it's women who want to own a small business. And it's, and it's like... June Diane Raphael on the show is like I don't understand why they can't have like a legit businesswoman. It's always like a small business owner because it's like this weird thing that they're saying like women can't be full businesswomen. <laughs> like she had this or, whole take on it that was like very interesting. Well, or if the woman is a full businesswoman, she's almost always up for a promotion and makes her job her life and has yeah, no, yeah, no time yeah, for yeah. anything else. And I'm like, so yeah, it's either that you're trying to save your family's bakery in yeah. or you're a, a workaholic who has like nothing else in her life but her job that she's like killing herself to get ahead at great it's just, it's just fun to me it's like this casual uh misogyny that like to yes. be honest women just eat up every year at christmas or twice it sounds like in july and in christmas yeah yeah i mean i have i back when i used to blog i have a blog post that is the like the drinking game for hallmark movies and it touches on right all of these all of these things um, i feel like you do a bingo have you ever seen this, uh, actually, I mean, it basically is bingo for Hallmark movies. So, like, does it open with a cityscape? <laughs> this is this is an episode where I don't know if when they fitted Jane leaves for some of her her oof. wardrobe, and when they filmed, she like popped or something. Is but, like, this the one with the like velvet looking like which, like the fuchsia cardigan that like oof. bubbles out? Where yes. I was like, she. Like, you didn't do anything? You didn't put, like, a different, longer cart? Like, dusters were very big back then. I'm like, why and, aren't you wearing, like, a and longer then they made And then they made, like, eating jokes. Like, you're overfeeding me. And I'm like, and the audience really wasn't laughing. And I was like, oh, no. Like, this is, they should have rewritten stuff before they start filming. Um, I can't believe yeah. they don't they don't shoot the episode with a writer there in case they need to change something. I um, mean, well, from what I hear... On office ladies, because the, the, the writers were always there when they were doing their talking heads, and they were always shooting alts and stuff. And they make that sound like that's not a very common thing that they that in most TV shows you never see the yeah. writers. That the writers are always off in the writers' room, and that's also so, yeah. mostly single camera instead of like the multicam setup of true. So that might be part of it. Um, um, I have a note here I want to talk about uh, when Alice. So they're at the they're at the. Uh, 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 you know, I think we got the general plot. Like, Frazier wants to do this, and he's stuck doing it with Dr. Mary. Um, Alice, uh, uh, Roz and Alice come up to see him. She's like, thanks for this thing. Alice has this look on her face. <laughs> this baby. I go, Alice looks skeptical of Frazier. Did you notice? She looked like she was like this. She was like... <laughs> like she was I like, didn't... I don't think so, pal. <laughs> I didn't, because Roz is wearing a beautiful light blue coat. That I spent uh, most of my time looking at. <laughs> I I must have been so taken aback by Alice. I wrote, she looks like a little Pat Oswalt in a wig. She was not like she's not a cute baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was very. She just had a scrunchy face that looked like she was looking at Fraser. Like, who's this chucklehead? I'm sure she's grown up to be a lovely woman. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Like, uh, I got a chuckle out of. Dr. Mary saying um, how much she loves saying Managua, Nicaragua. 
I do too, but it was all like I like saying it. It was fun when you used to do, like. Didn't you have like a? You went is, through is the capital song. Yes, in yes. Like, and I was I like, that was always my favorite part. Yeah, but it was always you know it would go Managua, Nicaragua, and then he would say it like three times, and then it would go. Okay, ours was a little different, but yes. Oh, that one and Tegucigalpa, Honduras is always like I love saying Tegucigalpa, like just how much fun is that? I don't remember the Honduras one anyway. Yeah, to go um, San Salvador, El Salvador, and then Managua, Nicaragua. It's just, it's fun. It's fun like iambic pentameter, just the it, name of a of a city in, a, in its country. I mean, do I know all of my Spanish-speaking capitals of Central and South America? Yes, I do. Yeah, so there you go. Um, what did she say? It sounds like a spicy Latino, man. Yes. Um, yes. See, so I have very few notes on this. One of them is Fraser's a jerk. I don't know what that's in relation <laughs> to, but I I don't know. I didn't find him. I found him like not as a jerk, but more of like, why are you like when he was like, you know, the first float was the Trojan, the horse. Trojan horse when they brutally murdered. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Well, that, that's when I was like, why did you want to host this? <laughs> because he's he loves giving out stupid knowledge like that. He's done it in other stuff. I feel like I, I have to say though, his starstruckness over meeting what was it, Bob Vernon, the the hometown newscaster that used to host the parade, right. I thought that was a real person. Like, I had to go look it up, and it was, like, another actor as... Because he was like, Bob Vernon. And they play it as, like, super, you know, like, the audience should also have a reverence for this guy. So I'm like, is this, like, a real Seattle character I just don't know about? And I didn't recognize the actor. You know, you would think it would be, like, one of the older actors you would know. And, like, the fact that it wasn't, yeah, I could see that. So I I had had a, a, a recent... So, like... You remember, like, the local newscasters when we were growing up that were, like, mini-celebrities? Vaguely, so one, yeah. So one of my old co-workers used to work at WFAA, the oh, ABC nice. affiliate in Dallas, and it was, like, her birthday or something, so I went to go write on her her Facebook wall, and do you know who had commented right before me? Like, Troy Dungan. Oh, my God! The, the, <laughs> the meteorologist the... with the bow tie! <laughs> It was like, That's happy birthday, amazing. Barbara. Hope this is not well. exciting for anyone listening who didn't grow up in if Dallas. You didn't grow up in Dallas. You're like, Troy like Duncan. Starstruckness? I was like, Troy Duncan! I, I, yeah, I, that was, that's hilarious. That's funny. Dale Hansen, I mean, like, I feel like there's a few people, like, because Dale Hansen keeps showing up in the news lately, and I'm like, I know Dale Hansen, you know. Oh, what's he showing? Is he, is, he still works for WFA or did he? About every six months, he does some like monologue, especially during yes. the, the Trump administration. And yes. I feel like he shows up in the news for that every once yes. in a while. You're right. Because whenever whenever he does that, his signature is like at the bottom to kind of show that it's him doing like an opinion piece. Um, yeah, yeah, Not yeah. to brag too much, but Gloria Campos follows me on Twitter and occasionally likes or replies to some of my tweets. That's so weird. Why? I... I tweet very interesting things. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I what be I that true or not. I'm. Sh- I'm. What I'm trying to ask is, what is this the 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 Venn diagram middle of your tweets and Gloria Campos's interests? That's what I want to know. Like, what is she liking? I'd have to look back. Um, I would like to know. I, okay. I, 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 this look- isn't me. Like, I I believe you. Okay. I'm just. I just. I I just want to know what like. 
if you guys go out on a girls' night, what would you be talking about? That's what I want to know. I will know. say, I do think the most recent response I got from her, or like, was I had replied to one of her tweets about another meteorologist, Greg Fields from mm. WFAA, who she she was he had been at W. He was celebrating his like twentieth anniversary, and she was like saying, "I remember your first day. You were wearing a college sweatshirt, and I thought you were one of our interns." And she was like, "And you still haven't aged." And I said, "Him and Paul Rudd, like ageless or something." And she either liked it or replied to it or something. Mm, so, but, okay. but that's I mean, I was commenting on one of her, so I don't really. I, count what that, what but. I want to know is what you you like Ace. I don't want to con- I don't want to reply. Yeah, I, I want a straight post from asking. you. A standalone stand tweet. Unless, unless, and then we'll cut this all out if we find this out. You go back and you do the research and you find out it's something very like, <laughs> that will, is like it's like everything you, anytime you've ever done like anything close to a thirst tweet. And that's all <laughs> like Gloria Campos <laughs> like likes. I, She's I like, really mm, Magic Mike XXL, you're right, Laurel. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I don't even know. I, I have something like. 9,000 tweets. I don't even know how to begin to find Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next one you do, start sending out some weird bait. Just like do like a real scatter shot of topics and see which ones. What I will say, the reason I think Lori Campos follows me is so I was I, I was a Twitter OG. Like I was in there like spring of 2008. Most people got started getting on in 2009 and a lot of WFAA people like worked at my company and like we kind of had a revolving door between. So the it was two. like friends so I, of friends, yeah. Yes. So I think I was probably following all them. They were following me. So I think when she joined, it was like you should follow Laurel. And so, and you know what? Uh, I, I'm a good follow. What can I say? Laurel o one four on uh, the Twitters. If anybody wants to, you know, see what I'm chatting about, I don't tweet nearly as much as I used to. But do you ever see like there? I remember. Uh, uh edward james almost like friended me and i was like oh my god and then i looked at his he if you friend edward james almost at least he used to be he will friend you like he, it was that's just what it was and there's like certain celebrities do that like a uh 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 actor from buffy the vampire so there's a few people that i would they would be like so and so has friended you and i was like <gasps> and i get real excited and then i'd look and i'd be like oh it's like follows ten thousand. you know i'm like oh okay so you're just you're just friending everybody who who friends you but edward james almost he would back in the day he would friend you and then he would write you a dm that sent or or his intern or whatever i don't think but it would just be like hey thanks for the follow dash like edward or you know, EJO or whatever. Like, and I was like, this is the best. And I started talking to people and everybody had it. I, I mean, honestly, I don't think Edward James almost has an intern handling his Twitter. In, it could have been him. Like, I, I truly believe that back in the day. Now, you know, maybe I feel like everybody has one, but. From, from what I've gleaned from like being in PR and communications and stuff is that like most people have to be pretty big time in terms to have somebody managing their social media. They're always like, you'd be surprised at the level, like in terms of A-list and stuff, level of celebrity that actually like runs their own social media. Like they may have people helping them with pictures and helping them with captions for some things, but they're the ones actually reading their messages and stuff. Well, yeah, I feel like I read some where it's like, they'll answer, like the people will say clear, like this is so-and-so I, you know, like, they'll they'll come out and say like oh i'll show this to them or Mm -hmm. something like that i've seen a lot of that lately where it's like pretty transparent that it's not the person it's 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 an intern and when they because tignataro did it for a while for years where it was just she would give it over to a comedian for a week oh like and they'd be like hi i'm so-and-so and and i'll be doing tig's thing this week and she's Mm -hmm. like never tweeted 
Um, do you want to rate this? I feel like we're kind of getting around, getting around it. I enjoyed it much more than you. I wrote solid Christmas episode. Okay. Maybe, but, maybe I just wasn't feeling a Christmas episode tonight. I guess not. Um, but I shouldn't have the spirit of Christmas on, you know, August 26th in 2021. <laughs> um, I, let me, let me say one, uh, Ryan LOL, which is when, uh, he, he, uh, Niles brings over his dad's presents and Fraser says, I hope you had the presence of mind to bring presents of mine. And I, I, that I enjoyed really that too. I was like, I think I'm going to use that. Um, and I then, had an LOL. And then, and then, uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Cause then Niles goes, oh, you're bringing that one in again. I guess Christmas is the season of chestnuts. I thought that was good too. Anyway. Um, I, I did enjoy uh, when they said, look, here's the fifth float sponsored by a local software company. I found that very funny. Seattle's Microsoft. Get it. Is the joke that they just said that instead of Microsoft? I think the joke is that they said that instead of Microsoft. Yeah. Or that they're acting huh. like it's just a local software company and it's Microsoft. I must have missed that one. I just feel like there's a lot of local software companies. It's a weird joke. Were there a lot of local software companies in Seattle in 2000? Maybe not. I don't I'm know. I'm asking. I truly don't know. It, it is a or, joke. Or, or maybe it, they're making fun of the fact that there are so many local software companies in Seattle, but I assumed it was a joke about my Because you said the fifth float and it was a software joke. And of course, like being super dorky, I was like, ooh, like a float as opposed to an integer. Or <laughs> I was like, I was like, surely Fla- Frazier didn't make a programming joke. That but, everything you just said went over my head. Right. So. <laughs> it, it, exactly. I feel like that would not be the type of joke, you know. Or they would have a much better way of doing it than I did it. Um, do you want to rate this one? Um, yeah, I'm going to give this five um, floats sponsored by a local software company. I'm going to give it seven because I liked it as much as the last one. I'm going to give it seven Seattle Seahawk hats, which is what that hat that uh, uh, Martin got in his. And one thing I want to talk about in the last episode that we talked about was the Slaughterhouse Five. Yes. That was a great joke we kind of skipped over. Yes. Um, well, because it was kind of soured by the fact that it was implied that Daphne was going to eat it all. So <laughs> I forgot again. They're doing all these fat jokes for her while she's getting bigger from being pregnant. I I think they're going to send her to fat camp. Um, well, yeah, I I'm I would I like immediately as soon as I heard that slaughterhouse five thing. I know we have had that big talk we had that one time about um gift baskets but i was like oh man i would love a, a little meat i we've been watching the sopranos and i went to uh uh we we from heb i got uh, uh capicolo or as they say in the I, sopranos some gabagool i i knew you were gonna say capicola <laughs> i just knew it for some you like i went to heb and i was like you probably got some capicola <laughs> i did it was good Got some gabagool and had some of that. I don't know. So a meat plate would have been right up my alley. Guys, if you've got, if you, uh, let me, let me do this. If you, if you've got thoughts about this Christmas episode, if you think I'm being overly kind or Laurel's being overly harsh, or if you have some kind of, you know, some Rick Steves travel info you want to, you want to send our way or some sort of travel tip, uh, you know how to get a hold of us, but I'm going to repeat. Oh my God. It looked like you just shoved him off the couch. Like I wasn't looking, I was looking at the thing and I just saw your hand go up and him go bump, bump. And I heard that noise. And I know that's not what happened, but it really no. looked like you shoved Leo. It so, was me moving my arm to be like, come on, come up here. <laughs> if, if you, if you want to turn, um, Laurel into animal cruelty, no, if you, <laughs> if, if you want to get a hold of us, we are at, we are craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S. At Craniacs on Twitter. Craniacs, a Fraser podcast on Facebook. Uh, and if you, you know, wherever you find us for your podcast, whether it's uh, 
iTunes, Spotify, although you can't really rate them on Spotify. But anyway, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. I, we should now be available on Amazon Music because Amazon Music sent me some stuff for some podcasts. So check that out. So Amazon Music and Audible, we should be up on there. Very, oh, if not If not now, but very soon. Wherever you find us, please give us the highest review possible. Uh, it really helps us out. We're a tiny little podcast, but uh, uh, we've we've got a lot of spunk. <laughs> I don't know, but let us. But give us the highest review possible. It helps us out. Um, if you want to give us a four star or lower review, Laurel may have a better use of your time. Yes, I do. We are right now less than a month out from the Emmy Awards. Oh, and I just listened to something about awards season and thought about you. It was like an old podcast that was doing something with awards season. I'm like, I wonder what Laurel, <laughs> what awards season we're getting close to for Laurel. It is, it is the Emmys, which is a great award show because they have so many different categories that they're bound to honor something you like. But I find the Emmy nominations are a great way to suss out something that is buzzy that you haven't watched. I personally need to finish I May Destroy You, the Michaela Cole show that was on HBO last summer. Was um, it good? Um, I, I, I have not watched it in probably three or four months, which is a problem. Um, it's only 30 minutes. It's only it's like six or, or eight episodes and only 30 minutes long. So I was trying to kind of like parcel it out. And now I feel like I need to go back to the beginning. Um, so that's all to say, I think I was kind of on a slow burn, you know, point in a bit. Um, there's bound to be something that you've heard a lot about that's gotten a lot of Emmy nominations that you are kind of like, is that worth it? Now is the time. The show is, I should probably see when the Emmys are now that I've been talking about it. They are Sunday, September 19th. So you have mm. three weeks to binge some things, catch up on some things. Um, you, you know, Shit's Creek is not nominated this year because it's Dunzo, <laughs> Fleabag, Game of Thrones. You don't have to worry about any of those shows that you were like, I just never got into them. They're not nominated anymore. So, you know, it, it's a lot, of, a lot of fresh talent, new talent out there, um, people being honored for the first time in a long time. I want to say that The Crown got a lot of nominations, as did The Mandalorian. So if you're looking for things to support i think you can't go wrong with watching um if you have not yet mayor of east town on hbo um i know we've talked about that on mm. here before but murder yeah murder murder uh do you recommend the mandalorian i've never seen it but uh i think it's great if you're a star wars fan um i'm curious how much fun it would be for someone outside i think they do a good job of <laughs> super interesting but that's the making of so the answer to your question is yes <laughs> i was gonna say none of the things you're talking about will be recognized at the emmys on september 19th those are all technical awards that will be at a different emmys uh ceremony that is not televised but um i don't i, I don't know that it, it deserves any of the stuff did you did you hear the thing about don Cheadle getting the like guest appearance for yes uh for like 93 seconds in in captain america where even don Cheadle was like shrug <laughs> yeah this is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, all that to say, guys, I just took another little peek while Ryan was talking about a lot of technical <laughs> stuff that I didn't understand. Just took another little peek. Um, I mean, The Queen's Gambit is nominated. WandaVision's nominated. There's like, there's something for everybody in here. Maya Rudolph is nominated for two Emmys. Like, What's she nominated for? Really, she is nominated for hosting Saturday Night Live. And she is nominated also for um, uh, uh, the voice, a voice she does on Big Mouth. Oh yeah, yeah, Big Mouth is one of those ones that's like, 
like I I want to I like it's like it's one of those ones where I go I bet this is really good but it's also like really dirty and I don't know if I want to watch it like you know like I want to say I watched one episode and I just basically cringed the whole way through yeah um, and it's like you can recognize I, that something might be good but it's like also not for me pretty much how I feel about Breaking Bad that's always what I've said is mm-hmm. like I can recognize that this is very good TV but also not my kind of TV mm-hmm. so. Um, in other news about Prestige TV that people need to watch more, um, I was at the dentist yesterday, and my dentist has TV screens on the on the ceiling, so you can watch Netflix while they're working on you. And last thing I wanted to do was like hunt around Netflix, so I'm just like, what's the last thing somebody was watching? And I was like, oh, Friday Night Lights, yes, please. Watched like half an episode of Friday Night Lights while they were doing my cleaning, and I was like, damn it, I'm gonna go back and rewatch the entire <laughs> series again, aren't I? It was. Like, literally 25 minutes of an episode. I was just like, it sucked me right back in. Tara and I have discovered uh, a little-known show. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Uh, Survivor. And so we are watching all episodes of Survivor, which is, like, both like, wonderful. Have you gone back? Or are you just watching? Oh, episodes? we're starting over. We had a friend give us their Paramount Plus. Like, we were talking about it on the trip. And I was like, this actually sounds interesting. And we watched the first season. I'm like, okay, I guess we're watching this now. We're on, like, season three at the moment. I mean, I will say, I think I want to say the first, like, 10 seasons are kind of when the show is still really buzzy. I'll be interested if now that they're in, like, season 45, you're still... 41! They'll be doing season 41 is the one that's coming out. Isn't that crazy? I, I wasn't that off with 41. No, 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 I'm sorry. I wasn't, like, making fun of you. I, yeah. I'm more, I, I'm more just, like, 41 seasons of the show. That's all, well, like... It's, it's not a true, like, season of, like, 22 episodes. It's 12? You know? Like, it's, it's a it's, decent it, amount. It, it's one that they filmed over the span of like a month. So I don't know. I, I mean, was, they can make bachelor of paradise be eight weeks long. And if those people spend 10 days at a resort, then survivor can make 12 episodes out of, do you have any, do you days. have any interest in F boy Island? And then we need to get out of this, this episode. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't. I thought it, I actually thought, I thought it was fake for a very long time. So. Did you, have you seen the trailer? Or are you just like, no, 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 I haven't seen okay. it. Okay. It, well, then we'll cut all this out, but I actually think it looks kind of, like, clever in a weird way. I don't know why. For some reason, I just almost hung up on you. Like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch it. I was just like, <laughs> Okay. Well, on that note, folks, it sounds like we're ready to get out of here. So, uh, until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all.